this is Darren Pulsifer, and welcome to Rise of the Stack Developer, where the convergence of DevOps, security, and cloud-native technologies are changing the way products are developed. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the John Henry of Artificial Intelligence. Recently, I attended an AI conference for executives. And one of the sessions that I attended was a session on uh, AI in the enterprise. And I was surprised to hear that most of the issues that people were having were not technical issues or even finding the right project to do with AI. It was people and people being afraid of their jobs being replaced. And when I was listening to the session, it reminded me of an old folklore that I learned when I was a kid. It's the story of John Henry. Now, John Henry happened in the 1800s um, at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution 2.0, right, where we started seeing machines coming in and replacing jobs, specifically of railroad, railroad workers. And back in those days, in the 1800s, railroad workers um, were very uh, labor-intensive, laying railroad tracks, um, creating tunnels uh, for um, trains to go through. Um, thousands and thousands of, of men were used to work the railroads uh, to do this. And about this time in the 1840s and 50s was about the same time that we started seeing more machines coming in and being used to help with that work. And if you don't know the story of John Henry, it's a great story. Um, in fact, so great that over a hundred songs have been made about the story of John Henry. So John Henry was born with a hammer in his hand, is, is how the folklore went. Um, he was the strongest man that ever lived. He was over seven feet tall and weighed, you know, over 300 pounds, something like that. Um, at the age of six, he started helping with the railroad, railroads, according to legend, uh, by carrying rocks for uh, railroad workers that they couldn't handle themselves, right? And at a very young age, he started um, working with the steel drills. And if you don't know what a steel drill is, it's a hand drill that you put into a crack or you try and uh, create a crack by drilling holes into um, rock um, and you put the, the drill in there and then someone with the sledgehammer hits it and you start going deeper and deeper into the rock until it cracks. So John Henry at the age of 10 starts working the steel uh, drills as a, a sledgehammer um, guy later on. He becomes one of the strongest and, and most prolific uh, railroad workers out there as this story goes. Well, one day, they come up against this mountain. Um, the railroad tracks are running, and um, they've got to plow through this mountain with, with, a, uh, uh, with the team, right? They've got to create a tunnel through this mountain. And at the same time, a technologist shows up with this brand new, latest technology, which was a steam-powered uh, drill. And, you know, with all of the, all the things that a technologist normally does, he's selling his technology. It will replace hundreds of men. It'll get the job done faster. 
than anyone uh, uh, could imagine. So ensues a big race between John Henry and the steam drill, as the story goes. So they decide whoever can get through the rest of the mountain. They have two, two um, tunnels that they're digging. Um, who can never get through the rest of the mountain wins and proves that man is better than machine. That's how um, it typically goes. So they get, this, they get the, the race going. John Henry picks up two hammers, not just one, and he goes to town. Right, He's working really fast uh, through this mountain. If you watch the cartoon version, it's amazing how fast he goes. Um, but in uh, reality, it's a tall tale, so we don't know. Um, but John Henry works all day and all night. A steam engine can't keep up with him. It breaks down a couple times, gets fixed, and John Henry wins the race. Uh, proving that man is is better than machine. The very next day, John Henry dies of exhaustion uh, from uh, this ordeal. So why would I bring up this story when talking about AI and people? Um, I think we're at the same time. We're at Industry 4.0 right now. People are worried about their jobs. People are worried that AI is going to replace them. And you will get people like John Henry, right, that will try their best to compete against the AI, to show that they're better than the AI out there. And just like with John Henry, he was better, but at the cost of his own life. And then as we know, with Industry 2.0, we saw a huge number of new jobs created because of what those machines brought to the table. In fact, there was a prediction in the 1800s that technology would completely wipe out the economy and um, people would replace a lot of farm workers and people would go without jobs. Now, if we look at the number of people that were in agribusiness back in the 1800s and compare it to today, um, only 150, 160 years later, we do find that only 2% of uh, the population in the United States is in agribusiness, where before it was in the 80%. So we've seen a huge shift, but we have more food now. We can produce more food, and we have lower unemployment. And the reason why is because new jobs get created over time. Now, this story... Um, of John Henry ends up being really personal to a lot of people. Uh, so much so that several movies have been made. In fact, there's two movies being made right now by um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, um, who's going to play uh, John Henry. It's a Netflix original. Go check it out. It's not out yet. It should be. And then also Terry Crews is another competing version that should be coming out next year. And I find this fascinating. This story is 150 years old. Uh, it talks about old technology, but it still has a lot of um, play for people today because they're worried about the same things that John Henry was worried about. Also, as I mentioned before, uh, you have uh, several hundred songs that were written about John Henry. One of the most famous, of course, is uh, from Johnny Cash. 
So you can check out my blog. I've got links to those, and you'll be able to see, see those. So let's talk about how history has repeated itself a little bit in this. We talked about the Industrial Revolution, um, Industrial Revolution 2.0, with the introduction of machines, steam-driven machines. The first Industrial Revolution happened with um, simple automation, primarily went towards the textile industry. Um, Second um, Industrial Revolution gave us the automobile Uh, Amazing, right? A whole industry was created because of uh, Industry 2.0. Industry 3.0 was the introduction of information technology in the 1960s and 70s. Um, A newfangled thing called the computer um, began to take over jobs that were typically there uh, before. But new jobs were created from this. Sometimes I think, I go back and think, how in the world... Did they run big corporations without email? I know some of you people are like, they didn't have email? There used to be typing pools. There used to be pools of people. All they did was type memos all day. Um, Almost every person had a secretary to take notes, to type, uh, and and to send those notes down to a typing pool, and then memos would go back and forth um, in these large corporations, and that's how you communicated. That whole underlying um, workforce no longer has jobs. I don't see typing pools anywhere anymore. So what happened to those people, right? New jobs were created. New ways of thinking of doing things were created uh, because of that. But it was a very painful transition for a lot of people because uh, people used to go to school to learn shorthand, um, to learn how to type. Uh, now it's kind of a given. Everyone, everyone should know how to type. And shorthand, um, I have met a couple people that still that can still do shorthand, but um, that is a dying uh, skill that is going by the wayside. So these shifts in technology and how technology has been disruptive in uh, the industry and in several industries has had a profound effect on our economy, and in most cases for the good. Um, And this is a concern that a lot of people have uh, with Industry 4.0. They're very concerned because artificial intelligence, which we see Industry 4.0 moving to, um, is starting to take over these information jobs. And no one knows what the new jobs will be like. So people are really concerned. But it's not only taking over information jobs. We're seeing AI have a profound effect across all industries not just information workers. That's where it's starting, but we're seeing it in agriculture, we're seeing it in manufacturing, and in service. So this shift, people are thinking this shift is so much worse than 3.0 or 2.0, and I would argue against that. They were profound changes in 2.0 and 3.0, and this is just another change that's happening. Doesn't mean it won't be painful for some people, but as an economy overall, it will be a really good thing. Now, let's get down to brass tacks in your organization as you start talking about AI. 
and what's going to happen to your workers. There's a lot of concern, right? And in order to push these types of new technologies through, you've got to come up with a strategy around people, right? And a lot of times you can try and guess the skills that will be needed in the future. You can try and guess what um, the new jobs will be, and you'll get it probably 50% of the time. So you've got a lot of concerns here. And you're also going to find a lot of John Henrys out there that will try and prove you wrong and that are worried about their jobs. This is, this is um, reality, and this is how we have to deal with it. So what I typically do is when we are trying to enact a change in an organization, we try and identify what I call the three major groups of people that will affect that change. The first group I identify is people I call the culture keepers. These are the people that don't want change. They're willing to sacrifice their lives, like John Henry, uh, to keep things the way they are, to prove to everyone else that this newfangled technology is worthless. It's not ready to go, and it won't be ready to go until they retire, right? So you have to find out, <clears throat> you have to find out what motivates them. So what motivates a culture keeper can be different in each industry. Primarily, especially when you're dealing with a major shift like we're seeing with Industry 4.0, it's fear. They are afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of being able to feed their families. Um, they're worried about their careers, right? Maybe. They're in uh, the later parts of their career. Maybe they got 10 years left. I've invested 30 years already into my job, into the way that I do things, and now you're telling me that I am not needed. Um, not always that fear, but it's also very personal to them. I think that's, again, why the story of John Henry is still rings true to a lot of people today. So you have to find out from... The, them. You have to find out what sorts of things can you do to help motivate them uh, for this change. You've got to offer reskilling. You've got to offer training. You have to show them that there is a life outside of the career that they've already chosen that may be going away. So you have to identify them, understand what motivates them. The next group of people are the people I call the change agents. These are people that just embrace change. They want to be disruptive, right? They're the ones that are rearranging things in the community fridge, right? They're the ones that are constantly putting up flyers on, on things that can change around there. You, these people you want to enable if you can, right? You want to empower them um, for the change. Now, you have to be very careful with change agents because change agents can also rub the culture keepers raw um, by constantly pounding on them. And if that happens, then you start getting um, adversarial uh, relationships in your organization, and you don't want that. You want to find those change agents that are positive, that are looking towards the future, and that um, uh, can incentivize others, can uh, rally others around them, especially the culture keepers. And then the last group of people are the followers. These are the people that are there for the ride, right? They, they come every uh, day to work. They want to do good work, and they accept change. They don't want to be in the forefront of change. 
they want to follow the direction that the company is headed eventually once they can see that there's enough momentum going in that direction. So they don't make waves and, and they want to uh, follow um, someone, right? Now, the key with the followers is you want them to follow the change agents that you've um, put into place and to move into the direction of accepting these new uh, ways of doing things. Now, some of the suggestions that came up in the AI conference was, um, as far as workers, was to get them involved early in how that they can use AI to make their jobs easier and more um, proficient in doing their jobs that they currently have. And I think that's a really good first step, but realizing that the jobs that they have today may actually go away is another thing that they might realize and they could actually drag things down. So you can't just look at the people, you also have to look at the process that you are automating and seeing if you can even get rid of those processes um, and those repeatable things that AI would be really good for. So don't just look at the people, don't just look at the technology, but also look at the process. So people, technology, and process are the things that you need to look at when uh, making these kinds of changes. Thanks for listening to Rise of the Stack Developer. If you enjoyed our podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Give us five stars and let other people know. If you want more information, like tutorials, videos, white papers, check out our website, riseofthestackdev.com. Until next time, go out and build a new world, one stack at a time.